I think that's the beauty of the ecosystem. Um, I think though, if because being a health transformer, if we internalize what it means, it, it's it doesn't have borders, it doesn't have boundaries. It just has to have an alignment and vision and mission. And I think most of us in the ecosystem have this deep commitment to providing solutions that could transcend what our initial scope of our idea is. Welcome back to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we celebrate the entrepreneurs and innovators who are transforming health. I'm your host, Logan Plaster. So one of the words that gets thrown around so much as startup health that you might get tired of hearing it is collaboration. We say it a lot. Now you'll only get sick of the word if you think it's just startup jargon or lip service, but it's startup health that's just not the case. Startup health was designed from day one to promote a collaborative ecosystem in health innovation. For more than a decade, we've been bringing like-minded founders together into cohorts to learn from each other and support one another. It can be lonely out there as a founder, and Startup Health has made it a top priority to connect people in meaningful ways. So that companies can grow faster, yes, but also so that founders survive and thrive in the face of the day-to-day grind of entrepreneurship. I say all of that because it explains why my guests today have such a special place in my heart and for our team. David Nguyen from BrainScanology and Ishmael Baji from InnovaRex Global Health are from two very different health sectors and two very different regions of the world. But they met at a startup health event, and because they were fellow health transformers, they knew they shared certain values. That prompted a connection and a conversation which then allowed them to leapfrog into an interesting business partnership. In the interview, we'll get into how they met and what they're building together that helps patients thrive into older age in West Africa. But we'll also talk about the role of creative collaborations in achieving audacious health goals. Stick around. Gentlemen, I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show with me, David Nguyen from uh, BrainScanology and um, Ishmael Baji from InnovaRex Global. So excited to hear about what you're working on together. Uh, Let's start with you, Dave, and just introduce yourself to our audience and talk to me about what BrainScanology is and what you're doing in terms of your shape analysis tool. Yeah, so I'm Dave, CEO of BrainScanology, and we invented a very awesome shape analysis software that can measure shapes in ways that, um, you know, traditional uh, metrics can't. And we're developing medical AI tools, particularly based on smartphones. And so we wanted to partner with an Overex Global to do that um, for people of color um, and to, to do it well. Just to go a little deeper and help people understand how unique this shape analysis tool is, um, what can it do with, you know, medical imaging that wasn't possible before? Yeah. So our software can measure, um, shapes in ways that, um, area and volume and surface area cannot, we cannot even see, uh, and we can measure shapes, uh, apart from what we call size, right? In the past, we couldn't separate shape from size because the moment you resize the shape, you change this area and you change its volume. And so, uh, we broke a barrier in terms of what we can measure uh, in, uh, for shapes, particularly in medical applications, which has eluded us up to this point. What are some of the things, just a couple examples of things you can do when you have access to shape analysis versus area? Yeah, you can uh, design better machine learning models to make uh, more precise predictions, right? higher accuracy with smaller sample size. You can 
uh, find new subtypes of disease, right? That that made sense because you knew it existed because your drug, you know, didn't work on everybody, right? It only works on, you know, 50% of grade two diseases, right? And you wonder why, because there actually might be three subtypes of grade two, A, B, and C, but the current methods you use only sees one group. Right? Mm. So um, by making more precise predictions, we can spare people of unnecessary side effects, right? Or drugs like chemotherapy and whatnot, right? And we can develop gender-specific uh, predictions or disease uh, stage-specific predictions. Awesome, awesome. All right, Ishmael, tell me what you're working on with InnovaRx. Yeah, no, thank you, uh, Dave. As you guys, as you mentioned, I found the CEO of InnovaRx Global Health. Uh, what we are, we're a healthcare solutions company that intentionally chose Sub-Saharan Africa as a space we wanted to capture and keep as many people as possible who need health and wellness in a very convenient way. I, I think the easiest way to describe what we do is we leverage a lot of technology in an area of scarcity where there's not enough doctors. You name it from a healthcare standpoint, there's not enough of it. So we leverage almost like U.S. Um, standards of care, um, U.S. playbooks, U.S. technology, and deployed in the most remote areas of Africa um, that need care when it comes to chronic conditions, when it comes to acute conditions. Because typically, if you think of healthcare, you think about it as acute care, chronic care, and end stage or emergency bundled up as well, too. So we use last mile delivery um, as well, too. But we leverage a lot of people who don't live on the uh, the continent who are customers. So we have a very agile business model that leverages on individuals like myself who've lived abroad but have family members back home who may just need, we now exist in a space where we could guarantee somebody's grandmother who has high blood pressure or diabetes gets medication they could trust all year round. And the end result of that is less people in the hospital and lower healthcare costs. I love it. I love it. So the reason why we're having this show is that the two of you have come together and started to collaborate. And I love it because just at Startup Health, it's a core element to what we're trying to cultivate among the health transformers in the in the community. And we have ways to try to bring people together, but it doesn't always result in an actual work collaborations like this. And I think people would be uh, forgiven for for, you know, wondering how shape analysis comes together with the work you're doing in sub-Saharan Africa, uh, taking care of sort of holistic health. Um, so I want to hear how you first connected. Yeah, no, I think I'll, I'll start as just more in, in reverence or admiration for how uh, David is leveraging technology, honestly, not where technology has been, but also where technology is going. It always appealed to me and was synergistic from day one, because once again, going back to this idea of scarcity, not in even human capacity, but just where the human cap capacity resides, Africa has had challenges with a lot of issues where technology, we've seen how it, it created an avenue to leapfrog a lot of up challenges. And there's a true opportunity in Africa where we're going to be the most populous continent in the world, very young. So anybody who's not leveraging technology right now to see how you could optimize and deliver care in a more efficient way, I think you're going to miss the boat. But more than anything else, what appealed to me, what I was really passionate about is 
artificial intelligence and all the advancements, it could be a missed opportunity to not include um, Africa or Black people because if it's mas machine learning, you want machines to have as much data that's diverse to be smarter and be able to help, you know, provide critical care in a more democratic way. So instead of David's company having to, you know, have boots on the ground in Africa, we see thousands of patients every single day that we have relationships with. He is, the better his technology gets, the more easier it is for a grandmother to have her hand drawing done or clock drawing done and detect dementia earlier because there's not a lot of doctors in Gambia who have the capability to detect it. So I think there's just been a beauty in, in, in the convergence between the two company missions. Now, a lot of founders have the idea uh, desire for collaboration, but then you have to actually find the folks and you have to connect in real life or, or virtually at an event. Dave, I know that you've been very plugged into the Startup Health platform and have made the most of various ways to network. How did you actually meet Ishmael and had this, how do you first start to talk? Yeah, actually, I, I first uh, heard of Ishmael through uh, one of your newsletters, right? I, I read every single one that you send out. And at the time, you know, as Ishmael said, we were seeking to develop AI for people of color, African-Americans in the United States, but there are many challenges to doing that. Uh, and when I read about Ishmael's company, how, uh, you know, he was based in Gambia and the United States and the standards he's had, um, and he had the boots on the ground and relationships, that was uh, the light bulb moment because relationships are the key to collecting data. That's true anywhere in the world you do clinical trial, right? Uh, and so that's when I reached out to them. I realized that, uh, you know, there's untapped potential there. And then what we learned from Africans will be translatable to African-Americans, right? And so it really, it was, uh, you know, multiple vertical with one still right, through relationship. Now, this might sound like a loaded question, but I, I, I ask it honestly. Uh, was the fact that he was another health transformer, a founder in Startup Health, did that encourage you to want to reach out or in any way smooth that road? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, he went through a verification process just like we did uh, in making it to startup health. And I think that helped us a lot in terms of, uh, you know, uh, reaching out to somebody, building a relationship that we could trust because, uh, you know, data is, is, is gold, junk in, junk out. You don't collect data well, you know, our models just won't work well. Right? So we wanted to work with somebody who we thought had been vetted already and, uh, you know, the no rest will fit the bill. Ishmael, on, on your end, did that play into your thinking at all? No, absolutely. I think that's the beauty of the ecosystem. Um, I think that if, because being a health transformer, if we internalize what it means, it, it's, it doesn't have borders, it doesn't have boundaries. It just has to have an alignment and vision and mission. And I think most of us in the ecosystem have this deep commitment to providing solutions that could transcend what our initial scope of our idea is. So the Innovarix business model may not have had as advanced, you know, application of AI in the beginning, but being able to shorten and and minimize the, you know, the need to invest in AI technology. To me, I've always seen any avenue that I could create for somebody's grandmother who lives in a remote village in Gambia to get access to 2020, you know, 2023 technology. I am going to jump on that opportunity so long as it's not exploitative, but also there's an alignment and vision. So I think those two came along and the multiple conversations I've had with, with David, I think there's conversations founders have 
where we know the sacrifice, we know the toll, but we're connected by this deep sense of purpose and belief in what we're, you know, putting out in the world that makes alignment very easy because it's done in good faith. Because uh, yeah. his success could be my success and vice versa. Yeah, we often use the term mission-aligned partners, and I feel like I'm seeing a picture of that right now. You have a conversation with each other, and you immediately sort of see the similarities in vision, and you think, you know, w w we are aligned in our vision and thinking. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the actual project because it's super interesting and exciting. You alluded, Ishmael, to the clock draw test, but we haven't explained that to the audience yet, and it's so cool. Uh, Dave, explain to me how your shape analysis tool has enabled this new app um, called the Clock Draw Test. Yeah, so the Clock Draw Test uh, is an amazing psychiatric test that uh, is commonly used to detect uh, dementia. Amazingly, it's how you draw a clock on a piece of paper, right? A circle with ball numbers and two hands. How do you draw that? Uh, it gives strong indication as to your cognitive state. Uh, but the problem. Uh, of deploying this you know, simple tool more broadly has been that the way it's scored up to this point requires a live therapist watching. And so it's very subjective, right? So it's not something you could do at home by yourself, even though it's very effective. So what our shape analysis software allowed us to do is to objectively measure every single clock shape that anybody can draw, right? Uh, even if you the same person draws multiple clocks, slightly different size or shape each time, uh, we can objectively measure it. And so we developed these the objective scale, meaning now you can draw clocks at home, right? And we can measure it and show you your scores relative to these objective scales. And so we've created uh, a monthly your tracking system, right? Where we, we can now detect uh, very subtle changes over time hmm. in your clock drawing uh, so that it can be a, a warning system for you to follow up with your physician. Uh, and so that's the innovation. And we, we turn it into a smartphone app. So all you need is pen, paper, and a smartphone here. Uh, what's it called for anyone who's listening who wants to download it? It's called CDT, stands for Clock Draw Test. Okay. okay. CDT Open. CDT Open Clock Draw Test. Okay, what would you say to the skeptic who says, eh, this doesn't sound very accurate or um, verifiable. Hey, they just, they're skeptical. I would say uh, try it out. Uh, we are collaborating with uh, top research universities in America uh, to pilot uh, our software. And uh, people who routinely do the, use the clock drop test in this traditional format who are excited to use it in uh, its new format. So uh, I'd say give it a try. We create a free version online anybody can use once a month. Uh, and so I'd say download it. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so was that the crux or was that the entry point for a collaboration with you, Ishmael? No, the initially was a hand drawing test um, as well, too, that was gives an ability to kind of see early signs of joint disease like, you know, arthritis and things of that nature. But also going back to the power of a of a black hand, how many black hands could you consolidate for the pool of data to be smarter? But I think that the clock draw trust drew my attention because this month in May, for example, we're focusing on the care of older persons in the Gambia, for example. Um, it's not known, but only less than 5% of our population is older than 60. Um, in the Gambia, we have a very small population of older persons. 
and they're extremely vulnerable because people are not living long enough. I mean, part of why we exist in the Gambia is to extend, give those people a chance of being 70, 80, because our human experiences are tied to that. So when I heard about the clock door trust, even with the skeptics, my philosophy is, what's the alternative? I'll rather a clock door test giving somebody an opportunity to know that what changes that's happening when they have a conversation with their mother who they haven't seen in 20 years, which is a very typical, you know, immigrant or diaspora experience could be early signs of dementia and not, you know, signs of depression or signs of disengagement. So there's so much power if you connect to the quality of life of the African elder who, if they're 65, they've already won the lottery from a gene pool anyways. So imagine what that could be at scale when now every older person that we have now removed, for example, delivery fees for every older person in the Gambia, you don't pay to get your medications delivered to your home as as a way of just removing barriers. If my vision, when I told David is, if I could get every older person in the Gambia to do a clock dog test, I don't need doctors who specialize in and dementia to run and move to Gambia, I could leverage technology that already exists. And now it becomes standard practice for Innovarex engaging with older persons and dementia is brought to the forefront of a society that quite honestly, dementia comes with a stigma in most African countries. So older persons don't like having a conversation around it. So it's just once again, alignment as well too, where he doesn't have to run to Africa to try to test all the older persons. We check somebody's blood pressure every single month anyways. So having them do a clock draw test every three months, it's just way of adding value. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Where do you stand on that uh, product rollout, Ishmael? So we're getting, we're getting ready to roll it out this month, and I'm extremely excited because once again, the, the buzz around Gambia is, you know, citizens commit, we're committed to giving back to senior citizens in the Gambia. Um, so it's an ideal month to roll it out. I can't wait for my own father, my own mom, to take the test. Um, well, um, so we're really excited to have that as the future of May. But being that the senior discount is a permanent thing we're introducing as the first company in Gambia to provide a senior benefit um, when it comes to healthcare and removing the delivery, we are really excited to make it a staple of our care. And I think it'll make David's technology a whole lot better because there's no difference in terms of African-American or African. Most black people are from Africa at some point in their life anyways. So the accumulation of data could be really revolutionary when it comes to even the clock door test you know, applicability. Dave, what gets you most excited about this, this rollout? Yeah, it's the uh, first is the impact that we're going to have. Uh, you know, first and foremost, I created these technologies to make a difference, to save lives and move lives. But just to add on to what Ishmael said, um, you know, increasing the healthy lifespan of a person um, can dramatically change the economy of that country. Right? If people know that they're going to live longer and healthier lives, right, that means they're going to make different career decisions, right, and that creates uh, more jobs, right, uh, that creates a better economy, right, and so in many ways, uh, not only that, it reduces. Uh, the burnout of the working class, right? That has to take care of the elderly population and their kids. Imagine, think about how disruptive an ER visit is, right? To the primary breadwinner of that family. If you can reduce things like that, right? Major infections, major injuries, 
you free up time for people to, you know, build their lives and feed their families. And that ends up building the entire economy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to, I want to hear your advice to other founders who maybe haven't found their footing in terms of uh, networking with mission aligned partners. What you're doing right now is really special and it's a bit unique. It's probably more unique than it should be because in order to move faster, we need to find these connection points. So Ishmael, what would you say to a founder who's maybe uh, new to startup health, new to the ecosystem and, and really hasn't found their, uh, yeah, haven't, hasn't found their people yet? I think it's stay one, stay connected into the right channels. Um, and go, it goes back to the ecosystem. I've always seen the value of being connected in an ecosystem like startup health as more finding out what the latest of everything is, because you could catch it at an early stage. And I've always seen it from a perspective that I'm in the minority in the ecosystem because I'm operating in Africa. It's very difficult to raise capital. It's very difficult to get attention, but also what we're doing could be so valuable because somebody is building a solution to a problem. Even if I don't have it now, I may have it at year three of my business, at year four. So being able to catch them early and understand that, okay, we are out to make the world a bit better from a healthcare standpoint. I think there's so much power in that as well too. And it it gives you more encouragement to know that there's also a reciprocal nature to collaboration that I think is intuitively part of the startup health DNA anyways. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy being in the minority in Africa, but you know, I've always envisioned Africa to be uh, such a big playing ground for healthcare transformers. So I also encourage a lot of founders where what could be so saturated in the USA could be a zero to one opportunity in Africa. And it's always easier when we've paid the toll, we've tilled the soil. So it also makes entry into a new market, um, which could be a whole new vertical for a lot of founders that I notice in the ecosystem. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Dave, I'll give you the the final word. Uh, words of advice or strategy for folks who, who want to create better collaborations, who want to get out there, think outside the box, um, think even outside of their lane or their region or even their country. Uh, what should they be thinking about? You know, I'd say uh, it comes down to relationships, but in order to find those relationships, you have to have shared a, a mission, as you said, a goal. Right. And typically, uh, you know, the relationship with Ishmael came about because Brace and I had a mission of social impact and, uh, you know, improving healthcare for the underdog, right? The minority, as Ishmael says. And because we share that passion uh, and we just were willing to start conversations and see where it leads. And of course, you know, it's a lot of extra effort, but with some creativity from understanding uh, how, even if we're offering free products, uh, and we're not charging uh, Ishmael anything, right? The fact that, uh, you know, he's deploying it and helping us, uh, you know, refine it, right? That uh, also helps in um, improving our product and maybe eventually even getting government contracts, right? To really build an, a, a, a user-friendly, you know, smartphone app that is, you know, easily deployable, right? And all that only happens through Ishmael's relationship with the Gambian government, with his colleagues there, right? And so all of these offshoots uh, you know, happened because, you know, Ishmael and I share the same mission. Yeah. That is, you know, health equity. Yeah. Right. Through, you know, smartphone based AI. 
yeah, impacting people's lives on a daily basis. I love it. Hey, that's the time we have. I really appreciate you guys giving me the update about your your individual companies, the collaboration that's come about. Uh, but most of all, I just appreciate who you are and that you've come into the startup health ecosystem with a desire to connect, to educate, to um, to grow exponentially based off of what you're learning from one another. And it's incredibly exciting. So I, I thank you both for that. Thank you. Thank you, Logan. All right. Take care. I'll be watching updates as they come in this year. And I wish you both well. Thank, thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back again with another episode next week.